It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. This is Forward Thinking. I'm Isabella Melking. Linguistics is the scientific study of language and its structure. It looks at the nature of language and communication, which is integral to being human. So why don't more people know about it? Here to discuss are Dr. Graham Trousdale and Dr. Pavel Yosad, both lecturers in linguistics and English language at the University of Edinburgh. Both are interested in language change, and Graham's research also centres on grammar and sentence structure, whilst Pavel's interests lie with historical linguistics and phonology, which is the organisation of sounds in languages. Both Pavel and Graham are keen supporters of the Linguistics Olympiad, which is a competition where students of all ages and abilities can compete to solve linguistic data problems. They are also working on introducing linguistics as a school subject. Hello, I'm Pavel Yosid. I'm a lecturer here in the Department of Linguistics and English Language. And I'm Graham Trousdale. I'm a colleague of Pavel's in the same department. So we're going to talk about linguistics, I suppose, partly in the wider public, but also particularly in how it's important for schools, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is, as we know, this is a subject that people don't really have at school. It's not mm. a school subject. And you, you know, you would expect people to get bits and pieces in English or in modern languages, but it's not really happening. No. And we'd probably like to do something about it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that strikes me is that people, when we've talked about this before, people are really interested in, in language generally. They like to know about things like, you know, where do words come from and why do people from this area seem to speak so badly and things like that, <laughs> which of course leads on to this these huge misconceptions that people have. But then on the other hand, it is really tied in with this idea that lots and lots and lots of people have that language is mostly really just about words. Mm. And also that there is a kind of right and wrong kind of language. And of course, this is a part of linguistics, but it's quite a small part of linguistics. And in fact, there are huge and huge and huge swathes of the field that are not about that at all. Mm. And there's this mismatch between what we do and what people think linguistics is. Yeah, it's quite hard to think about ways of kind of overcoming that, I suppose. One of the things that, you know, we've both been involved in is the Linguistics Olympiad, which is terrific. And we'll talk about that a bit more later, I guess. But it's sort of the combination of trying to get things that are in the school system, but also trying to more generally make the public aware of, you know, the right way of thinking about language, correcting the kind of misconceptions people have. Yeah, I, I think in many ways it's the label, it's not very familiar. And in many ways, it's just sort of slightly prohibitive in the sense that it's badged as this kind of quite arcane feel. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, when you say you're a linguist, then the expectation is that you're someone who knows languages and is a translator. And a lot of us are like that. A lot yeah. of us do know languages, but that's not really what linguistics is. And kind of bridging that gap between the field and the stuff that actually people know about and want to know about that is within the field. That's the challenge that we have. Yeah. And I think starting at school is a pretty good way of doing it. So I do kind of want to plug the Linguistics Olympiad. Yes. That's all right, isn't it? We can do that. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know anything about it, there's a competition that you can enter if you're at school, which is basically puzzles, problem solving, but applied to languages. And you don't have to know the languages themselves to exactly. take part. In fact, in some cases, we'd be very surprised if you knew the languages because they're so 
unfamiliar, shall we say. But in other, yeah, but also in other cases, knowing the language might actually hurt you because you're trying to rely on your knowledge rather than on the logic of the of the, mm. of the puzzle. Mm. Exactly. So if anybody's interested in finding out more about UCLO, the website is www.uklo.org. And there's loads of information there about how to sign up, how to get your school involved. Um, if you're a teacher, what kinds of things you need to do. It's completely free for schools as well. That's an important thing to know that it's not going to cost the school anything to take part, even if they do, you know, the, the entrants do really, really well and end up representing the UK in the international competition it's entirely free of cost to the schools and i mean you are you know we should admit this i think you are an ex international linguistics olympiad uh, champion yourself uh, yeah almost yeah i know but you are yeah. i mean okay i know it was before the iol yeah. officially started, yes but you are but uh pick up on the on the topic of the iol which is the international linguistics olympiad which has just finished this year's installment has just finished in uh, prague this year and Contrary to some of the stereotypes you sometimes get about British people not being good linguists, in fact, uh, the UK team did exceptionally well. They did. And one of the people was the first person ever to get four gold medals in consecutive years, which has never been done before. And that's one of the really exciting things about UCLO compared to other countries. One of the things that the UK is doing is getting children interested in linguistics from a very young age. So we have primary school people participating, which I think is great. I mean, the more the more we can get people when they're really, really young, the better. Then another way of doing this, and this is circling back to this idea that we should maybe introduce the material, if not the name, quite early on, is, you know, we should probably talk about the fact that there is not a lot of linguistics material in schools, even in subjects where it's expected to be. And I think this is a huge missed opportunity because this stuff is really, really teachable in the sense that it's quite easy to teach it's something that you don't need any sort of special equipment or even any sort of special knowledge it's just a matter of curiosity and wanting to learn and wanting to reason about things you know about you we we all know a language yeah. uh, at least one and we can reason about it but we just don't have the skills in the sense that we're not taught the skills but it's actually something that you can very easily do and we think we should be doing it and i think that's one of the one of the things about about the misconceptions is that people think it's all about the labels, you know, that you should be able to label this kind of clause as belonging to this category or this word class or whatever. And I'm not saying that that's not important. Of course, it is important. But I mean, one of the things that I think about grammar is that it's something to be explored. It's something to be discussed. It's not it's not something that's sort of out there as a set of rules to learn. It's a a thing to debate about and to ask, well, you know, are we right in thinking about language in the way that we have? I mean, obviously, that's at a bit more of an advanced level, but the basic idea that you've been talking about there, the idea that this is about skills and learning skills to think about how to solve puzzles is a massively transferable skill as well. Yeah, I mean, it, everybody wants people who are good at dealing with data and thinking about data and analysing it. And that's what linguistics is kind of it about, is. right? That's the feedback that I get from, you know, some of my own teaching on the undergraduate program you know i teach this course which is called phonological theory which is just about as dry as it sounds uh, but a lot of it is also analyzing data from unfamiliar languages but the feedback from the students is very very consistently that they really like that component and they feel that it's a really really transferable skill although what you've learned is why does an e before an r in latin behave differently from an i before an r in latin which is the kind of thing i spend my nights thinking about <laughs> 
Um, also, I'm just thinking back to my own school education, where it was a bigger component than it is, I think, in many of the UK systems. And one of the really, really good things that I really liked about my teaching in my Russian language lessons was that there is also a grammar and there is a way of thinking about language. But the way I was taught, we were indeed given the tools and we were asking questions. Why is it the case that this grammatical fact is treated in a particular way? And how could we justify it? And could we justify some, some sort of alternative analysis? And you, to do that, you just need to know the language, which you do, and to have the reasoning skills, which you can acquire. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's happened with our first year course as well, since we've introduced this kind of language analysis, Euclid style puzzle into the level 1A course. And it looks like students have enjoyed it, at least from some of the feedback that we've been getting. But at schools, you know, this is also something that you, you know, you really can introduce it very early on, again, without giving it the prohibitive name linguistics. But mm. children are, as we know, are very, very sensitive to all sorts of linguistic facts. And we know that, in fact, you know, as research from Scottish communities such as Bucky has shown, people are sensitive to language variation from a very, very early age. So they notice things. And, you know, language is all around us and uh, language varieties are all around us. Some of us speak some colloquial variety that's just different from the center language. We're all surrounded by you know, place names that might come from a different language or a different variety of you know, English. And this is all there. It's all out there for the children to think about. And it's all out there for us to treat it as a way of teaching about language and not just think that, oh, language is about commas and you know, <laughs> when is an imperative and not an imperative. Yeah. I've been trying to think about why it is that the term linguistics tends to put people off and there's there's always this sort of like oh is it a science is it is it really sciencey as if that's a bad thing <laughs> you know i mean <laughs> science is great and you know the thing that i love about linguistics is that it's that perfect combination for me of humanities and science it's got everything really i don't know if you think the same way or <laughs> no i think i found um i i remember again in my school the way we were taught not just Russian, but also foreign languages. So in their case, that was for most people, that was English. And I remember speaking to my teacher, and this is Russia, so everyone's streamed by subject. And there was this kind of more mathsy class and mm -hmm. more artsy class. And what she was saying was that the mathsy class is actually better at English because they can see the logic and they think through it in mm -hmm. many ways. And, you know, that's really bad. It's the kind of segregation that we don't want. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think it does help to have an approach that recognizes that there is a structure to language and... Mm -hmm. We can learn all sorts of things that are not just very sciencey things, but actually, you know, things about how the human brain works. And mm. if you want things, you know, about the human condition by studying this structure in a very, very rigorous way. Mm. And it's so fascinating, I think, just to spend some time reflecting on the fact that we can talk to each other. You know, what we're doing now, the actual process that we're engaged in now is pretty amazing, <laughs> you know, and it makes us so different from... From other species, you know, the, the specific things about human language are just so intriguing. And obviously that takes us beyond a kind of analysis of a given language. And that's the other thing that I think I would like, I hope that people get more intrigued by and want to find out more about the bigger questions that thinking about language you know, forces you to address. You know, what makes us human? Those kinds of things are also there in thinking about communication and yeah. so on. Okay, well, this has been really interesting to talk. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I know we do it quite a lot, but it has been really interesting to talk about this. And thanks very much. It's been really good to be part of this Forward Thinking podcast. If you want to know more about the topics discussed in this podcast, follow the links on the Forward Thinking blog 
at forwardthinking.ppls.ed.ac.uk. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes for more research, news and views from philosophy, psychology and language sciences here at the University of Edinburgh. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah.